broadcasting before and probably after the rapture. It's the Drew Marshall Show. I just realized that I put two ginormous pieces of gum in my mouth because we have someone Which sitting in a for chair radio. beside me who I didn't want to offend with my breath. Um, <laughs> normally, I don't care about that. I was going to say, I, yeah. you're waiting to offend me with something else. <laughs> I feel like I'm braced now. <laughs> so much happening. Part of the team. So much mm-hmm. happening. Hold on. i got to get rid of the gum. Elise, you can just... Oh, come on. Oh, it's an intern's job to take... No, I'm just kidding. She almost did. Nice. What a good girl, eh? She almost took a bullet. Uh, where are my glasses? Oh, there they are. Hold on. It's ironic yep. that you can't find... Wait! Thank you, bulldog. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a grandfather. I get to say that stuff now. What's it like uh, talking to a grandfather? Like... Like, like me. <laughs> like I've never spoken to a grandfather before today. Yay. This is incredible. Oh. Congratulations on becoming a grandfather. Thanks, eh? You're welcome. All right, listen, it's time for the pub crawl on the Drew Marshall Show, and that's where we crack open usually a few topics, uh, current affairs, pop culture, even touchy-feely relational stuff. <laughs> so you may want to listen in or call if you'd like to join us. Call in and, and join us if you'd like. The phone number is 877-569-1250, 877-569-1250. I'm saying it fast and slurry because I don't really want you to call in. Um, as we crawl from topic to topic uh, each week, we um, sometimes it gets heated, emotional. Uh, but that's not going to happen today because it's not topic to topic. I'm the topic. I'm still having a hard time putting words on my recent experience walking over 1,000 kilometers in the Camino de Santiago during my three-month vow of silence. And since there are only a couple of people who have, I say, would be up to the task of interviewing moi, I thought I'd reach out to one of our all-time favorite pub crawl panelists to see if she's up to the task, and she was. Obviously suffering from jet lag when she answered yes to my question. World Vision Canada's Chief Marketing and Development Officer, Lara Dewar. And the crowd and the audience leapt to its foot. <laughs> Hi Lara. Nice to see you. You just got back from a big trip, did you? I did. Was it a good trip? It was fantastic. I was in India for the first time and I feel like I have had my soul wrecked and yet been inspired all at the same time. Are you ready to be the change you want to see? I am. Thank you, Mohandas K. I really am. <laughs> it's amazing what some of the work that's going on there. World Vision's been in that country for well over 50 years, and this trip was specifically a focus on some of the barriers that girls have to education, and they are sometimes as simple and as straightforward as access to toilets, which is heartbreaking and... At the same time, something I feel like all of us can do something about. And so um, seeing and meeting the girls who are advancing themselves by pursuing education, sometimes in the face of, um, of opposing cultural norms, is how could I not be inspired by, you know, 12-year-old girls who want to change their villages? They don't say that. They don't use that kind of verbiage, do they? they I actually, want to change my village. Yeah, they totally do. I, I met one little girl who stood up, and she was like an evangelist about it. I mean, she was just going on, and her confidence, her the fact that no one in her family thought that she should have a voice, but that she'd recently found it, and that education was important, and it was how we were going to change the world. <laughs> she was so convicted, I couldn't help but think that she was sincere in her message. Well, well, Yusuf said, I mean, she's... Yeah. Different countries, same age, I'm yeah. sure, at that point. But societal change is very slow in a country of that many people. Very, very slow. Uh, you know, uh, the penny just dropped. 
I now realize why you're the chief marketing and development officer at World Vision Canada. <laughs> because you actually give a rip. I, re I really do. I'm learning a ton in this job. I'm learning a ton that humbles me and um, inspires me to come home and engage with people about what I've seen and learned in the field. And I know that you are fresh off your Camino experience. I literally arrived home Thursday night, so I'm probably uh, on the brink emotionally as I, as I even sit here talking about it today because it's just it's very hard to come back to the things that we take for granted. And at the same time, know that um, resenting those things wouldn't, wouldn't help anything. And, um, but so, learning how to tell a story and engage people in the fight is important. Oh, yeah, hugely. Uh, so you got back when? Thursday night? Thursday night. Have you showered since then? I have. Well, what's we had you hand? not notice. What's on your hands? <laughs> it's henna, dude. Uh, so uh, a woman in the slums, as we were speaking, uh, just started hennaing my hands. It's called Mindy. And so she has hennaed my palms and the backs of my hands, and uh, that was her gift to me. Huh. Mm-hmm. Pretty outrageous, right? When you go to a country like that and you're literally, I'm in the slums and I'm sitting on the floor talking to a group of women and someone comes up to give me a gift. It's very, very overwhelming and surreal. But the gracious thing to do is to accept the gift and the spirit in which it was given. And yeah. so I sit here wearing it as a bit of a badge of honor, but it is, you know, badly faded by now. So, Well, if people um, have been, I don't know, I don't know, they've reached a point in their life where they're sitting there going... All I know is that I have to give back. All I know is that I have to give back, some way, somehow. I would assume they would go to worldvision.ca? Oh, for sure. Got all kinds of ways to give back. Um, One-time gifts or sponsoring children. Um, and then many countries, you know, whatever moves your heart as far as the country that you want to be engaged in. There's need all over the world, and we're in well over 100 countries. So there's lots of options for people who want to give. Um, well... I like you. Thanks. And I'm glad that you're at World Vision because I've I've liked them. Actually, no, I was going to say I've always liked them, but there was a point in time mm -hmm. where I was ignorant. I know you find this hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was all judgy. I know you find that hard to believe. I'm going to let you keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I got up in Barry, no, I got up in um, Dave Toyson's <clears throat> grill about mm -hmm. World Vision a couple of times. I don't know if you were around that time. I, no, I, I, I worked for for Dave many, many years right, ago, right. and I love that guy. Well, that was the thing, right? I mean, I was uh, I, I tried to poke, and, and I'm pretty good at poking. And, and the, the finger just came right back and poked me in the eye. It was, he he learned me up good. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I have since uh, um, yeah, laid out the red carpet as far as this show is concerned for mm. World, World Vision. So, Well, okay. thank you for that. I traveled with Dave. He was gone, you know, but what, before I joined the organization yeah. into retirement, although there is no such thing for retirement like for a man like yeah. Dave Toyson. Yeah. But um, I traveled with him this past spring to Lebanon, him and Tom Cochran, and I learned so much from him. And, he, you know, he... He, he spiritually and otherwise continues to be someone who grows no matter his age, no matter how many times he's been to the field himself. So he's wonderful to learn from because he knows so many things, but he's also wonderful to learn from because he's constantly learning himself. And you're absolutely right. He's so, he's just so plain spoken, but he exudes love and generosity it's sickening, in a really. way that you really <laughs> just want to sit at his feet and learn from him. Yeah, I don't know if I want to sit at his feet. But. <laughs>
I remember when we were talking to him um, when he was in Haiti. Excuse me, this is supposed to be about me, this segment. Yeah. We haven't talked about you yet. <laughs> He's at avoidance. But yes. please say what you're going to say about Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that was definitely an impactful conversation you had with him. And, mm. and uh, I just remember some of the stories, um, particularly one when, you know, it was all going and it was all crazy. And then all of a sudden one night they just heard people singing. Like it was a, a gospel choir, kind of a choir singing in the background. In the middle of the just, Haiti. Yep, and it just broke him. I mm-hmm. just remember him talking about that. The Haiti hell that went. How long ago was that now? Four years? No, it was longer than that, wasn't it? Was it was in 2010. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a grandfather. Okay. Um, Back to Drew. Laura's here to ask me about my uh, Camino uh, experience. Uh, we it, last week we talked a little bit about. It. Uh, Tim asked me a few questions. I talked. I asked a bunch of six other pilgrims mm-hmm. a whole bunch of questions. But I've, I, I'm interested to, to know what you're going to throw at me. So ready? One, two, three, go. And so I just want to clarify what time we're stopping. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll stop at 4.45. 4.45. Yeah, so we've cut I you short. I feel like we're turning. Yeah, you have really cut me short. Yeah. It's like well, you're we'll doing. we'll continue afterwards. <laughs> we, <laughs> it's, he's not really hard to read, is he? No, Kind of psych really. 101. Well, he's got the letters on his shirt there, and they're easy to read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I like this idea of turning the tables on you very much. So thanks for trusting me with this. I do appreciate it. And it's funny because one of the questions that I had in mind for you, I think you just asked your previous guest, although I couldn't hear the two sides of the conversation. I wondered when you decided to go to the Camino if you were running to something or running from something. All right. That's all the time we have for this segment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, right at the gate. Shut up. That's a Drew Marshall type question. It is. Boom. I, (laughs) I, I don't think I'm a runner to-er. I don't think I'm a runner to-er. I think I'm wired to be a runner from-er. Because runner Running to something implies uh, having the wherewithal to have an intention, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I suck at intentionality. I'm reactive. I'm, I, I'm reflective. I, I make moves based on looking in the rearview mirror, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to change that a little bit. So it would probably be running from. Running. Well, hold on. But what was I running from, though? No, I know. <laughs> I won't ask any more questions. I'll just me? let That's him know. You, you can't start with silence. that. Well, it's it's actually speaks to the motive for the trip, right? So why why does a person go and walk a thousand miles? And so I wonder if you were if you are a runner frummer, what I naturally the next question becomes: What is it that you might have been running from, and were you successful? Did you get far enough away from it? Okay, so. Running from me, I've you know I ask this question a lot. As a matter of fact, I ask this question a lot on the Camino as I was typing it out. Uh, I would say, who has hurt you the most? Mm. And my answer to that has always been me. I've been the hmm. I've been the jerk in my life that has caused me the most uh, the most pain. So I was probably running from me, and shutting up was uh, helped me to di- to put some distance between me and uh, and and me. Wow, we just got it. That's a whole other dimension right Thank, there. Thanks, Doctor Phil. Um, Which is interesting because you were your only company at lo- for long stretches of that walk. Yeah, but I but but I needed to pay attention to the 
the consistently negative internal commentary that was spinning around in my head mm. that I was that I became painfully aware of. I'm allergic to earnest. Hmm. It makes me vomit a little bit just in the back of my throat when somebody's super earnest and super keen and you know like our interns works for <laughs> like our interns <laughs> you know they work for Disney or whatever. I uh, just uh, I just can't stand that, right? So I have the spiritual gift of, of sarcasm and um but, you know, people have accused me over the years, well, is it, you're just hiding behind that, you know? Are you mm -hmm. hiding behind humor? You know? So shutting up allowed me to, 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 um, to hear that, that negative tape in my head a lot clearer. What does it play? Who are you? I mean, I remember when I, they said, yeah, you, we want you to be this associate pastor at this church in Australia. I hung up the phone after I accepted the job and just went... <clears throat> They have no idea. I just fooled them. Do you ever fear getting caught? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a fear like that on the show all the time. Um, I don't – but, you know, I'm, I'm okay now because I've slipped into the the asker guy. You can't get in trouble being an asker, can you? <laughs> you don't you? The negative internal stuff would be – would be everything from judging other people quickly. I can I can suss out a room really quick. A friend of mine and I were in a room the other day. We're just looking around, you know, and we kind of make eye contact and roll our eyes at this person or that person or whatever and categorize people in just the spiritual gift of judgmentalism. These are the things that I have, pessimism, judgmentalism. All the isms. Yeah. And so, you know, I know that Jesus can, can use an ask, because he used one writing into when he wrote into Bethlehem, mm -hmm. I'm not sure, he, you know, that I qualify that he can use use me, but I'm very very aware of um, of um, my judginess. And you know what? Walking on the Camino mm -hmm. with seekers and 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 wanderers and wanderers, what what was what amazed me was how gracious these non-evangelical Jesus people are. Mm -hmm. They put the tribe that I used to hang out with. To absolute shame. Hmm. In what way? They weren't judgy. They were gracious. They didn't give a holy grunt what your, what you, why you were there or what your beliefs were or whatever. And and you know they, we'd all come together and make meals together. I mean, I was cracking walnuts. I pulled off of the ground by a mm -hmm. walnut tree to put into a salad, and we we literally did the kumbaya stuff. So being back now, I feel I'm using words like happy, and happy was always a cheap word for me. Mm. That was a temporal, temporary, cheap thing, happiness. I was after peace. Well, uh, how'd that work for you, Drew? Yeah, not so well. So how does a judgy person do in the midst of a bunch of non-judgmental people? Well, when you're quiet, it's a little better. Yeah, for sure. You can hide better. You can hide your judginess. Eyes still roll in the silence. Yeah, I didn't even have sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I still so what did you do silence. to cope? <laughs> I I was able to listen to how how quick and, and it, it's couched in humor, right? It's couched in making someone laugh. I love making people laugh. Not and people get this wrong all the time. Oh, you're attention seeker. No, I just love when people laugh. Mm -hmm. I love it. I feel like I'm actually helping someone's life. I I don't have any wisdom, but I could make you laugh. Mm -hmm. So not being able to come up with the quick jokes, because by the time I typed it out, that moment had certainly gone. Right. Timing is everything T with humor. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I couldn't be the funny guy. I couldn't be the the quick, you know, uh, the judge thing hidden in humor. And so it was all internal. It was all the th- the, the the thoughts still came, but I was the only one that could hear them or deal with them or process them. And that was disturbing, which is why I sobbed almost every day for the first month. I have a picture of my feet in this <laughs> abandoned church, my feet either side of a pile of water, and it was just a pile of snot and tears. Uh, I looked down and went, oh, that's ridiculous. You're so pathetic. And I was so pathetic I had to take a picture of it. So, so being painfully made aware of what a jerk you are. Mm-hmm was a goal for me. So was I running from that or running to that? I don't know. So then on your return, in a quiet moment or even a not-so-quiet moment, does the track in your head still play the same thing? Yeah, it totally does. That's that's not... Yeah, come on. It's not a... Again, it's not a, a, some Hollywood movie here. The track still plays. But I just learned this at a seminar I was at the other day. You acknowledge it. You go, yeah, thank you very much. And then you move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for your input. But I'm going this way. So I would hear it, acknowledge it, and then I would – and I, I'm actually – see, for years I've taken taken the mickey out of the Oprah crowd, the the, uh, the um, Anthony Robbins crowd, the power of positive thinking, and, and the Joel o- – oh, my goodness, Joel o- – every time I say the word, it just – but I'm st- – rolling the other way mm-hmm. has not worked for me. <laughs> so Did I, you need this trip, this walk, to learn that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I hate to admit that because who gets to go away for five weeks or two months or three months as I was away? Who gets to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, people from the Sudan are not hitting the Camino go, trying to find themselves or trying to find food. Mm-hmm. Safety. Safety, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had the luxury. Yeah. So it bugs me that I have to answer it that way, but. I have a track that plays in my head. I've learned in the last couple of years to change the track. So you're saying you have a different mechanism. You acknowledge it and move on. But it's interesting how, like, if we would just all admit it, which is maybe what's bugged you about the Oprah crowd, but just admitting those things that are playing in your heads that are potentially holding you back from appreciating even simple things in life, like what non-dudgy people are really like, not just holding you back in general. In the quiet... Did you unpack some things besides acknowledging the track that plays in your head? Did you have to unpack some things that you had been in denial about or that you had just packed away yeah, for later? I, I, had, I, I realized that I had numerous broken relationships, fractured relationships. Maybe not broken, but, well, <laughs> fractured relationships. And I was the common denominator in those things. And so I... I, I'm pretty okay, and Tim, you might be able to back me up in this. I'm pretty okay at owning when I'm yeah. wrong or yep. be, been a jerk or whatever. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. But, but, to, but to get below introspection, that is a scary place. What do you mean What's by that? What's below introspection? Yeah. Exactly. I think getting below introspection, you're, you're starting to swim around in, in action. So making a move, what am I going to do? Because you, dude, I can introspect till the cows come home. I'm really good at thinking about myself. Yep. <laughs> really good at it. But then what? Now what? 
you got something's got to be what comes after introspection well that's the scary part so let me ask a question then because you said earlier that you're good at uh, that acknowledging when you've been the jerk mm-hmm. are you good at asking for forgiveness when no, you've been the jerk no. and the, okay, so that's the difference all right, so that's yeah exactly so the, the acknowledgement of the thing and then the action to repair or not or a gesture to acknowledgement yeah yeah, the, the self-forgiveness. Okay, that was actually pointed out. Oh, 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 I got something I can play. Um, I just sounded like Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, <laughs> the self-forgiveness thing was a big, 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 big thing for me. Big. That's probably one of the biggest things. Who's hurt you the most? Me. Can you forgive yourself? No. Why? Why not? There's an arrogance in that. There's a pride in that. So much of the the Camino for me was about shattering my ego agenda. <laughs> does that make does that make any sense to anybody? Um, shattering my ego agenda. Most people go, "What does it mean?" Well, explain to us what it means. No, I'm trying to find this thing. That's why I'm hoping someone else will talk. We're hoping to hear you. I can't do I can't do two things at once. But I mean, fear is always at the root of, of inaction, right? So if if you're trying to deal with this ego agenda and you say, you know, you've gone from thinking about it, acknowledging it, and now doing something about it, I mean, that's that's where the fear lies. I was I was walking with these two girls from Switzerland, and t- which one of the girls was on last week, yep. and I was surprised. She said, she said we walked for ten days together. Had no idea it was that long. They probably did. They probably. <laughs> oh my anyway, one of the girls said this to me as we're walking along, and I asked her to say it again, and I recorded it. Have a listen to this. Okay, I try to say it the same way. Do you think that your need of always being on second position, or your need to serve other people, and not being able to love yourself? is kind of a compensation of the weight that you're carrying on your shoulders or things that you have done in your past that you can't excuse yourself. There you go. <laughs> Did that tie in at all or was I just looking mm-hmm. for a moment to play a fun clip? It's probably both. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because I think and I think if I understand her question correctly, it's what, it's what I was going to ask you next, which is when you hang on to unforgiveness, there's a reason you do it. It's protecting you for some, from something. And it's like anger. It feels good mm-hmm. in a sense. It's maybe comfortable. It's maybe I, I've done this for so long. It's all I know. The devil I know is better than the one I don't. I don't understand that question. Hmm. No, I don't. Say it again. So in hanging on to... So you acknowledge that there's parts that... Things that you can't forgive yourself for. You're the common denominator. Yep. There's times when you've been a jerk. You can't forgive yourself from that. Does hanging on to that protect you from something else? I think it protects me from pride. I think it protects... I'm hoping it protects me from Mm. pride. I'm hoping it protects me from from, uh, ego ascension. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it protects you a little bit from being completely vulnerable. What, hanging on to, not like not being able to forgive myself for X, Y, or Z stops me from being vulnerable? Yeah. It's the thing you can acknowledge, so you do. Hmm. But I wonder if you've really gotten to vulnerability. That's the action, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say it's I'm the, in- It's the exchange from bravado to brave. 
Would, yeah, but would you say I'm not a vulnerable person? I don't know. I was asking. Yeah, but I'm asking too. Um. <laughs> You're not allowed to ask right now. <laughs> you just talked about this. You're not allowed to change th- the rules. I think you're vulnerable about the things that you feel safe about being vulnerable about. And right. and perhaps maybe this is one of, I think I can see where, where Lara is going with this. Maybe this is one of those areas where the vulnerability is, is really scary. You've, you're, you're able to give forgive others. I mean, we all struggle with that. You're able to forgive others, but forgiving yourself is scary. Mm-hmm. Or saying the words, will you forgive me? Yeah. No, I'm okay with that. I'm okay, will you forgive me? I'm, I, you know, other, I, I hope other people can forgive me, and I, would, I, I have no worries asking that. But to say that to myself, to, for me, forgiving myself is the big thing, right? That's, yeah. that's the big thing. And that comes down to loving yourself. And loving yourself just seems so North American and running around inventing a mirror. It's you know? biblical. <laughs> love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. It's not a self fulfilling well, I don't like love you, my neighbors, so that I may explain. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's you know, one of the roots of, of the, that scripture. But I, I don't think loving yourself is a bad thing. I actually agree with Tim. I, I, love the, I love that verse. But I think that we forget the second part of it sometimes, that I'm supposed to love others, but as I love myself. And there is something honoring to our creator when we learn to love and accept ourselves, particularly in a society where that is a rebellious act, where everything we see all the time has us comparing ourselves to an ideal of something else. It's why the track in our head says, you're a fraud. It says, you're not good enough. So I think getting to loving yourself is is an important. It's not all kumbaya, sit around, hold hands. <laughs> Do something else in the iPad while I'm talking to you. (laughs) Stop looking me in the eye. It's creeping me out, man. So let me ask a a different question, and you can answer this one even superficially. Yeah. Uh, What did you miss while you were gone? My dog. I was just going to say Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I didn't miss much. I was able to interact with people uh, even deeper because with me being the creepy bald guy who wasn't talking with the beard, Santa beard, um, uh, I was on a journey with other people who were intentional about self-discovery. And so they, they gave me permission to ask heavy questions right off the bat. I, there were I, countless, Laura, there were countless conversations where people that I was communicating with through me typing within 10 minutes of talking, started weeping. Mm. They're just ready. That's the point of being on the Camino is mm-hmm. you're, you want to be pliable. And I came along with questions and, and would talk. So I had that, mm-hmm. which is I, I love the most more yeah. than anything is that kind of interaction, the kind of stuff that you and I have experienced. Um, and I was outside every day for three months. Love mm. that. I saw more sunsets and sunrises than I've ever seen in my life. Love mm. that. I know um, you missed me once or twice. Not at all. I, I, I have the text. I missed the. I missed alcohol because I went dry for two months, yeah. but I didn't really miss it. I'm just being funny. I don't know. What's su- what surprised you about the experience? So when you go on an experience like that, you must have a set of kind of expectations of what I'll learn, what I'll experience, yeah. what it'll be like. What was like? What was just counter to that? That just ca- kind of left you reeling a little bit, thinking I didn't even think to think about that, or that was so different than I expected. Well, two things took me by surprise. One is uh, how I, f- I felt like I grew... No, I can't say that with you here. You'll kill me. 
Let me just change that. <laughs> I can, I didn't come with weapons. They actually <laughs> made me drop them at the door. <laughs> at that border? Just yeah. an iPhone. Yeah. Other than that. Um, mm-hmm. I cried so much I, f- I thought I was going to grow female parts. You see what I mean? Like that's a sexist comment to say. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Oprah. <laughs> no, it was pathetic. It was just really, really pathetic. So I was surprised with that. I was surprised of how I processed mom stuff. I was walking to a city called Lyon, and my, was, my mom's name was Lyon, and that got me thinking about my mom. My mom died the same night my son was born uh, mm. 28 years ago, and uh, she never got a chance to see me turn around a little bit. I'm not awesome or anything, but I was horrible to her and caused her so much grief uh, and stress. I was the number one stress in her life, and, and they say that there's a correlation between stress and cancer. So if I was to be dramatic about this, I'd go, frig, you know, did I kill my mom? No, I'm not going to say that, but... Man, a lot of regrets there. And so I wrote a letter to my mom, and, and uh, that was that – was, I wrote that in a monastery – no, in a, uh, yeah, in a monastery, in a convent. Wrong gender. Uh, and I – it was just another sob fest. It was unbelievable. So I, I was ambushed by that. I was ambushed by my emotions, and I was ambushed by, by mom stuff, mommy issues. Hmm. What did you do with the letter? I posted it on, on CaminoConfessions.com. Plug. I read it. I read it. Did you? I meant what did you do with the physical letter? Like you, you sat down oh. and – you mean that you typed it? Yeah, I typed it. Sorry, that. I was thinking you handwrote it. No, I don't paper. handwrite anything. Too shaky and old. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a grandfather? Yeah. What was coming back from that experience like? What was it like? What was your it first was, word? I, I'm not telling anyone my first words. Okay. Sorry, I should have told you not to ask that question, but no, that's okay. No, I get asked all the time. No, uh, the answer to what my first words were are is uh, it's in the book. It'll be in the book. Okay. Because um, it, it was a pretty big thing. I'll be writing the foreword in the book, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'll figure it out then, I guess. Skip the page 427, <laughs> paragraph 3. Coming back was bizarre. It felt like an alien uh, coming, you know, visiting visiting a planet, um, and speaking for the first time was bizarre. And then the first week of speaking was bizarre. I felt like I was William Shatner. I was only talking in short bursts of words, and then I would pause. <laughs> <laughs> that and Christopher Walken. Yeah. So, but I'm back. You know, it's, it's five weeks. I'm back to being chatty guy. I'm back to being the guy who uh, who. Drives fat. When I first drove, I hadn't driven, driven in, th- in three months, so mm-hmm. that was weird. And I was, I was like a granny driving. <laughs> and now I'm back to being a speed demon and and being very angry at people who drive slow in the left lane. I couldn't listen to talk radio because it drove me nuts. I couldn't watch the news; it drove me nuts. So there was a lot of twitching and going on. But and then you assimilate again, right? But so uh, you're five weeks back in, yeah, and. Uh, w- have any of your priorities shifted? Like, what, what's the lasting change out of an experience like this? Not there yet. Not there. I don't know. God, it's only been five weeks. Come on. All I can say is that I, I've had moments. That I dude, I haven't had these in a long, long time. Sorry, both dude, dude, and do that. <laughs> um, I haven't had these. She understands. I can't remember the last time I got giddy. Mm. And I, I've had moments in the house where I'm just, all of a sudden, I catch myself and I'm actually singing again. Really? Uh, what are you singing? Or is that going to be in the book? That's in the book. Okay. Um, no, but like just happy. Uh, just the word even still, I choke on it as it comes out of my mouth. Happy. Ugh. Should I drum I believe up some my, Pharrell? Uh, 
your time. Yes, please. Yeah, I believe my <laughs> time. Could play some, t- some Pharrell. All I could think of when he was talking was he can turn the world on with a smile, only because Mary Tyler Moore oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. passed this week, but I can picture you kind of tossing a hat in the air. And, yeah. Um, which is a very unusual vis- visual. So you're just going to have to <laughs> give me a minute and buy that. me a drink. Um, <laughs> so my time is up. Yes. But it's really nice to have you back and have you back a little happier. We can maybe live with that too. And if you're not ready to unpack some of these things, maybe we'll just make a date like forward six months or eight months from yeah. now and and do some more chatting. But uh, really... I'm so curious about the whole experience. I have so many more questions. So as time allows, um, I'd love to continue being curious. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Really, there are very few people that can ask good questions, and there are very few people that can ask good questions and then listen. Mm. And you can do both. Yeah, you're a listener. I was impressed. Thanks. Yeah, because Tim dozed off halfway through that. (laughs) 